Hello and welcome back to the Atlanta United 2 Report. I am, of course, Joe Patrick, uh, Managing Editor of Dirty South Soccer, to bring you the latest news and notes from what's going on with Atlanta United 2. I know not everybody is as interested in them as they are in the first team, of course, which is completely understandable, and I wouldn't blame anybody for having that sentiment. But some of you guys want to know what's going on, and again, this is just going to be a podcast where we talk about some of these things. So it's going to be quick and dirty. There have been some new announcements. I think the last, I can't remember, the last time... I posted or uh, recorded a podcast, I think it was January 22nd, and so we can start. It's kind of funny. I remember right after that, uh, a, a more an announcement of a signing came the next day, and it happened to be the American Family Insurance Dream Tryout winner, whose name is Lamine Janu, and he is another player from the Gambia, but also has U.S. residents, of course. He's 24 years old. He plays as a forward, and if you guys saw the pictures that Atlanta United put up of him on the... Uh, on their social media accounts for having won this dream tryout thing. Big guy, like real looks like physical imposing, physically imposing. Um, Steven glass said, Lamine impressed us at the dream tryouts and has earned a spot on our roster. He is an attack minded player with an eye for goal and finding a player like Lamine shows the value of the dream tryouts. I, I really do like the, um, the dream tryouts for this reason, not necessarily that you think you can actually unearth, Super, super quality players, but who knows? Maybe Lamine can be that guy. But I just like the notion of getting somebody local, you know, just kind of putting it out there, uh, making it a showcase for anybody who wants to participate or anybody who can participate. And I think that it's just kind of a cool thing. Um, I'm going to get into some of the other player announcements later. But right now, I do, I do want to cover the preseason schedule, which was announced that's probably more relevant to everybody than hearing about a bunch of players that you've never heard before who the team has signed. It is interesting. Again, this squad is going to be fascinating, and uh, I'm happy to say that we have an interview with Stephen Glass that I'm going to post in the second portion of this podcast that kind of talks about all the the change that's happened with this team. But it's really interesting because there's only, I think, three or four players that are still under contract from last year. So it's going to be a whole new squad, and Stephen Glass talks about that and kind of that that is happening by design a bit. But let's get into the preseason schedule, which was announced. Um, there was some media availability with uh, Madhu Janama, Bradley Camden, and Lawrence Wyke. I don't even think I've mentioned Camden yet, um, based on the first podcast. I was actually not available. I had to work uh, on the day that they did that, but I was uh, the, the communication staff and Stephen Glass were kind enough to make time for me the day before to um, have an interview with him. And uh, because, I, you know, I want to obviously pick his brain on what's going on with the club. So um, with that out of the way, we had that this week. And then the, here are the matches. Uh, the first match, the first train preseason match they'll play is against Chattanooga Red Wolves on Saturday, February 16th. I, th I believe that's a Saturday. It might be a Monday, actually. It's um, it's All-Star Weekend, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> for, the, for the NBA. That's how I'm kind of... Um, aligning my February is how things are based around the uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, anyway, so they're playing Chattanooga Red Wolves. That will be a closed-door friendly. Uh, there will be an open door. There's one open media or open... I, I'm not sure if it's open to fans. It says media availability open, so that probably means uh, not still none of these open to fans. But uh, that match that will be against the Birmingham Legion, who Atlanta United, the first team, plays today. I'm recording this before that match so will be interesting to kind of compare to see how they both do um and of course you know they've got 
Anderson Asiedu, who the team will be familiar with. And it's kind of interesting, again, talking to Steven Glass, these guys in USL kind of make their way around. So there, I'm sure there will be familiar faces between both sides. Obviously, we know of one, of course. Um, but it's interesting how some of these players, you know, they're just trying to make it and they're, they'll They'll, they'll go to any team they can, and teams see other players from other teams that they play during the course of a season, and they might catch their eye and say, oh, we need to, uh, you know, maybe look at acquiring him if um, if the opportunity comes along. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And then the last preseason match will be February 29th, the day that Atlanta United plays Nashville. So I don't think many people will be paying attention to this one against the Charlotte Independents. Again, another USL club in Marietta. All these games will actually be at the Atlanta United training ground. Uh, and that one will be closed to the media as well. Though no media will be um, interested in it really because that will be the uh, MLS kickoff on uh, the Leap Day. Is that what you call it? Leap Day? February 29th? It's kind of funny that uh, Atlanta United plays their first game on a date that won't come around for another four years. So anyway, there's the preseason schedule. So they have a few games coming up in February until they get their season kicked off in March, which we covered in the first show. One other little news uh, item to make note of, and this was noted on Dirty South Soccer last week, but Piedmont Healthcare announced that they have extended uh, their partnership with the club. And for the first team, that comes with uh, their logo being on the sleeve of the first team. But they will also be the primary kit sponsor uh, on for Atlanta United 2. So they'll be the big one on the chest for Atlanta United 2. So you can get used to seeing uh, Piedmont Healthcare on there. I can't even remember who it was last year. Were they the sponsor last year? I don't even remember. Um... Anyway, so let's get into some player news before we hit this uh, before we hit this Stephen Glass interview, which I really think you guys are going to like a lot. Um, but let's get into it. We already covered Lamine Janu. Let's get into Bradley Camden. Bradley Camden is a quality. This is a quote from Stephen Glass: "Is a quality player who will play an important role at fullback position. We saw him in the league last season. He appeared against the first team in the Open Cup. We were impressed with his performance, and we expect him to strengthen our team. He's a guy that." He specifically mentions when I talk to him, he's from Paris. Um, he's lived in Canada as well. I think he's actually of uh, Canadian nationality. Um, 25 years old, defender. Again, he's a fullback. He can probably play both sides, I imagine. Athletic guy, 25 years old. You know, that's, this is the profile we're seeing a lot of of this team this year. Is kind of guys in there, not so much super, super young, but still young enough where they can have some ambition in terms of potentially getting to the first team in Atlanta or somewhere else, as well as being a real uh, seasoned professional. I, I think that that was kind of my overall takeaway from talking to Stephen Glass was that they needed um, a different competitive environment within the team. And that ha I think it got better last year as, as last year wore on. Um, but it, you know, in, they've kind of modeled the team or had the team had been modeled with a lot of super, super young guys, like teenagers, maybe barely 20 years old combined with Tyler Ruthven, uh, combined with guys who are in their thirties, kind of more towards the end to kind of almost play this archetypal role as like the veteran of the team or like the leader of the team. And I don't think that the way it all meshed together was like the players really uh, it almost looks better on paper, I guess I should say than it, than it really played out in real life. So I kind of, I like this idea of getting a lot more in terms of the ages, at least clustering guys who are in their mid twenties, who really 
are of the same mind and ambition in their career. And so that creates a lot of competitiveness within the squad. Um, so I think it'll be good for the team. The next signing is Ben Lungard. He's a goalkeeper. Uh, ben comes to us after playing uh, for one of the top independent clubs in USL, and we're sure he's going to be a top performer, said Coach Glass. Our goalkeeping staff are excited to work with him and push him to reach his full potential. He's 24, so again, another guy, mid-20s, mid-early 20s, 6'6", so a bit of a giant. He's played with the Columbus crew before, uh, he, you know, we'll... we'll be competition at goalkeeper. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple from that regard. Um, let's see. And then the last player signing we have here is, ah, yeah, Gabriel Rosario, who's another goalkeeper. Uh, Gabe has a good level of experience in the professional environment. Despite his young age, he is excited to come to Atlanta, which is close to his hometown that should give, help him settle and give him the best opportunity to develop. So this is an interesting guy. He uh, came up through the Carolina Rapids Academy and moved to England to join Reading FC in 2016. Following a two-year scholarship with Reading, he signed with Huddersfield Town after a successful trial in July 2018. Huddersfield Town, of course, was just recently in the Premier League. Um, of course, he was in their academy. Uh, Rosario was called into the U.S. U18 national team camp in July 2017. So he's got some really good experience in terms of being in Europe, um, you know, being in these professional setups like uh, Stephen Glass mentioned. And he is also the son of a former player who was a forward at Norwich City, Coventry City, and Nottingham Forest. So he definitely has the game in his in, in his blood, so to speak. But he's a goalkeeper, um, 6'1", so not as big as uh, as Lungard, but should be a, um, an interesting guy to keep tabs on. You know, I think the club was probably disappointed with how Castanera thing worked out. I think that they probably wanted him long term and... He had a really weird contract situation last year, and he, he's now with Inter-Miami. Um, I'm sure it's tough to see him go because he really had a great, just meeting him, enormous hands, which you obviously want from a goalkeeper. You want those big, strong hands, and um, it, it's tough to lose him. They gave him a lot of playing time last year. I'm sure they were looking to develop him. Of course, they were not going to be able to add Dylan Castanera to the first team within the first uh, couple years, so he would have been having to spend another year with Atlanta United 2 this year before he could even appear as a backup on the bench for Atlanta United um, due to the way that Dallas drafted his MLS rights, even though Atlanta United had already signed him to a contract with Atlanta United, too. So it was kind of a, a weird thing with him there. Unfortunate to see him go, but it looks like uh, the club has gotten two pretty solid goalkeepers to fill in. And I, I do also wonder if, you know, you got to think Alec Can is still going to get some reps in and some games. He'll probably get five to seven starts, I would think, with Atlanta United, too. So you got a good, good competition there. A good mix of experience and uh, and youthful potential in that situation. So, uh, without me rambling on anymore, I say we throw it to the interview that I did with Stephen Glass. Again, this was done um, today's Saturday. What is the date? February eighth. I, I think our interview was done on February third. It was done on Tuesday. Whatever, whatever, t whatever date Tuesday was. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, let me know. I hope to do these with, with Coach Glass, you know, every so often. It's going to be more, a little more difficult with schedules once we get the season going, but I hope to, like, once a month or so, once every six weeks, however much we can do it. I always enjoy picking his brain, uh, and I think he has some really, you know, strong strong insight on, on the game and obviously on his team. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to throw it to a commercial break here real quick, and then we'll get right into the Stephen Glass interview. 
here at the Atlanta United training ground and uh, very happy to be sitting next to Stephen Glass, the Atlanta United 2 manager. Glassy, how's it going? Good, Joe. Thanks. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, how did you do anything interesting in the offseason? That's that's the uh, the thing that everybody wants to know. Yeah, uh, we did a lot of groundwork in terms of putting the group together for this year, firstly. So we had some, we'd like the college combine, we had the dream tryouts. Myself and the staff were on the road going to college games and seeing some of the guys that ultimately ended up coming in. So th- those three type events were very productive. Uh, and then, more importantly, family stuff back over Christmas and New Year, back to see my family, and I know that the rest of the staff did the same. So not to see my family, to see their own. But <laughs> it was, uh, everybody had a good break and were refreshed and were ready to go again. Well, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was kind of going over some things to prepare for this interview, it's like there's not that many players left from, from last season. What's that been like for you? It's got to be kind of a challenge for you and the rest of the coaching staff just kind of getting the whole team on the same page very quickly with so much turnover. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the continual challenge of this group, to be honest, but it's something that mid towards late in the year, we kind of knew it was coming. Uh, we knew some of the guys were going to have to go. Uh, we knew we'd maybe lose one or two, not through choice so much. Uh, and obviously the young ones come up and we're going to add anyway. So we've put together a real good group. Uh, they are they come in it refreshes the staff as well when you get a whole new group so I think I see something similar happen with the first team to be honest where there's a new group there that is ready to work you kind of have to show them a little bit how you work but I think people are here and they come to this club because they know how we work they like what they see and they want to be a part of it so mm-hmm. that's important for us too uh, some of the players were players that played against us and found it difficult uh, and think that they can come in and, and thrive in this environment you know, I noticed that when when I was going through some of the reports, I noticed that they were guys that you would have played against last year. When, are, when you're managing, I know you're not focused on players on the other team, but do you when you look back on tape, are you picking up some of these players? Is that how you kind of come across some of these guys, or do you just have a scouting department that kind of runs that? Yeah, no, somewhat of that. At our level, we are we don't watch the other team for individuals, but when we're watching them as opposition, you take it in, so you mm-hmm. see the best players. Uh, with someone like Bradley, Camden Fable, we were, we were fortunate in the case that we played against him twice and we actually got to see him play against the first team. So we knew that he could come in and compete and make us better and we can help him become a better footballer as well, which is important. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the sort of thing that when we're watching other teams, guys catch your eye and if there's half a chance of getting them and they believe that we can make them better, which we know we can, if they believe in it, then it's all good and it matches up and then they end up at the club. Well, speaking of uh, players that kind of catch the eye, there are a few that, that fans would know the name of or may be aware of coming into this season. So I want to kind of talk and get just pick your brain about some of these guys. I think the, the one that's maybe the most known is Luis Fernando because he's got that first-team contract. Mm-hmm. And technically he's not, you know, he's technically an Atlanta United player, not an Atlanta United 2 player, but I'm sure that he'll be playing a lot for you guys next year just as he did last year. What, regardless of who he's playing for, can you kind of give fans some insight as to what to expect from someone like him? I think anybody that came to our games last year saw saw the potential Luis has, saw the ability he has, the work rate, the desire, the the real hunger to become a top professional. Uh, he has done everything that's been asked of him so far. I think we're jumping the gun a touch to say that he'll be with us more often than not. That's mm-hmm. something that 
all the guys that are kind of on the edge of the first team just now have got the opportunity to show uh, Frank that they're going to be part of his plans more than ours. Uh, that's not something that I decide, that's something that the players' ability and uh, opportunity decide. So I, I wouldn't say, now he might end up playing more, more for us, but right. at the moment I wouldn't be saying, saying that. It would be lovely for our team if he was, because yeah. he's fantastic. Uh, but for his career I'm hoping he makes the jump and kicks on and gives Frank some decisions to make when he's thinking about players for his team Fair play Can I, can I ask about uh, academy players? Will Riley is the one I wanted to ask about Yeah, Will was fine Yeah, because um, he was down with the first team obviously in their training camp in Florida and I know like he impressed me a couple times when I yeah. was able to watch the twos games last year What about him? What, what stands out about him to you? Uh, Will... Will's got a great work rate and again similar to Luis he's got a, a desire to become a professional footballer which is to me it's the number one thing if, they, if they've not got that in them they're not going to be uh, I'm loath to talk about an academy player becoming a pro and how good he is and all that stuff so what I would say is so far Will's handled everything that we've thrown at him mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's coping with being in the first team environment they like him it doesn't mean anything at the moment it means he's got a great opportunity uh, I'm sure a guy like Will has got the sensibility to to grasp it the chance uh, to continue to develop which is massively important and he's got the mindset as well that because you go pre-season with the first team you've not made it yeah. you've went first team uh, pre-season with the first team because you're going to help with numbers you're going to learn from them and the, the staff get a chance to look at you for a little bit further down the line so uh, can, can in I, a way, nothing more than that at the moment, I would say. Can, can I just get your thoughts on just what he what he is on the pitch? What what kind of a player? He, yeah. Central midfielder. Yeah, maybe a little bit more defensive, a little bite in the tackle, that kind of player. Or it, a lot of times, Will's positional sense means he's not doesn't require to have too much bite in the tackle. When when he needs it, he does. He's got quality going forward. When he when he gets the opportunity to show it, uh, his positional sense is fantastic. Uh, Anybody that saw our games last year, the ones that he, he was thrown into, would see what he's got and what he offers. And I think we'll look at build on that week on week and game on game and see where his career goes. Um, I know you know you've only been with, working with this group for what two days? Was today your second day? This is officially. Tuesday. Okay, yeah, officially. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, any right? Uh, any anybody jumping out to you or anybody else that you're kind of especially excited to work with this season? Uh, I'm, to be honest, I'm more excited about the group. Uh, I think the, the way that we work, uh, the group is going to be the group's the most important thing for us in terms of everyone respecting it. So I think it's unfair to individual, uh, sorry, individually name and mention players for me. Sure. Uh, sure. G- hopefully, once the games start, there's enough people come to watch. And then there's enough people picking out individuals themselves. Uh, at that point, that's when things start maybe happening, people start making a name. But I think it's wrong of me to start pulling out individual names. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been publicised guys that are away with the first team. So there's an obvious uh, viewpoint there that these guys have got an opportunity. That's not to say the guys that didn't go, don't. Right. So, And I think they recognise that and they realise that and we place a huge priority on all the players. Well, speaking of um, the games getting started here, I mean, what, you got a few weeks before they get going, and I was looking at the schedule, there's a lot of, it seems very front-loaded with a lot of home games right up right up front. Does that yeah. does that kind of give you any sort of advantage, or is, does that kind of help you that with the fact that you have such a, a new group all coming together that you just get a lot of home games, don't have to do so much travel? Is there anything that, does that make any difference, essentially? 
Probably not, because in a way the travel's not too effective for us. The, can, the Canadian teams have all gone away. Uh, sorry, gone away, obviously, okay. with Ottawa. So the, the travel's not that bad. Uh, but there's less travel. We could be a little bit more focused on our training instead of concerning ourselves with travel. So that, that helps in that respect. But in terms of the games, I think it's... The biggest help for me early in the season is the games are fairly well spread out. So there's a lot of young pros coming in, guys, first-year college guys. Uh, we don't know how much assistance there will be from the first team week to week. So the group that we've managed to put together with zero first-team help in terms of players coming to us, we'll be able to handle the first month, two months. Uh, then, like happened last year, I'm sure there'll be a bit of assistance comes from the first team mm -hmm. uh, both ways. We'll be assisting them in terms of get, keeping players fit and getting them back to full health, I'm sure. Uh, and also it helps our group having proper full-on first team guys that need to come and prove to Frank they should be playing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the biggest benefit early in the season to me is the games go week to week right. and not the crazy midweek schedule that, yeah. that comes later. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking, this is your second year now as the manager of the club. Um, are there any, did you, did you reflect after the year and, or, or is there any takeaways that you can take from last year, the learning experiences that you had as a manager that you can bring in to this year? Uh, I think towards late in the season, you could see that once we had a real handle on the group and they were pulling in the same direction, uh, everyone's attitude was, to me, correct. The ones that were needing to be involved in games were, were involved in games, ones that deserved it. Uh, I think the perception from from the outside of the previous year was it didn't really matter how you trained because the numbers they were going to play. Mm. Uh, we knocked that out of the door on day one last year. There's still not a belief until people start seeing it happening. Uh, and it happened people weren't training right so they don't play mm -hmm. uh, that's important with a group like ours so people were deserving of their chance to play last year so now this year we come in we've, we have put together the group this year myself and the staff, everyone that's working with them we have had a hand in putting this group together which was not the case last year I came in pretty late so I think this year you'll see from day one a more tight knit group that's the, probably the biggest learning thing that the group knows how we work and I know what it takes to push the group in the right direction. And do you get the sense that because you have all these new guys that they all kind of have the same similar hunger to try to come in here and prove themselves and earn another contract or just, you know, try to, they're just kind of self-motivated because they're all new and trying to make an impact? Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason that some of these guys came or part of their makeup that made them desirable for us as a, as a staff and as a club. Uh, these are players that we think we can make have, help have a good career. Uh, myself and the staff really believe in these players that we've brought. Uh, we didn't bring people thinking you're going to play for the second team for five years. Mm -hmm. We think we can push some of these guys to become Atlanta United first team players or close to and have very good careers. And I think they saw how our team played last year, particularly late in the year, once we had a handle on it, uh, and they want to be part of it. So they are here, they're determined to do well, they're de determined to represent the club, and we are determined to put a good product out there. Well, I will be out there watching as much as I can. So, Glassy, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, meet with me, and hopefully we can do it again sometime down the road. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks.